0: Monday faithful listeners thank you for tuning in to the p40 ministries podcast and I am your host Jen here we are going to be discussing Exodus chapter 17 verses 1 through 7 today and I would like to just jump right into this chapter of the Bible so grab your Bible out of whatever version you prefer to read out of but I will be reading out of the web version of the Bible but also grab that cup of coffee like I have mine right here my husband always um, jokes with me because uh, my coffee, I tend to reheat it more than I drink it, <laughs> which is very, very true. So um, when we were showing our house, funny story, we actually uh, put our microwave away in the closet and my husband's like, uh oh, you're not going to be able to reheat your coffee 5,000 times a day. And I'm like, well, yep, I know. <laughs> So yes, unfortunately, I just had to drink my coffee right then and there when it was hot and it was terrible. <laughs> no, I'm joking, but I just got some more coffee and I am ready to start reading. So once again, we will be discussing Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. All the congregation of the children of Israel traveled from the wilderness of Sin, starting according to Yahweh's commandment, and they encamped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water to drink. Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test Yahweh? The people were thirsty for water there. So the people murmured against Moses and said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Moses cried with Yahweh saying, what shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Yahweh said to Moses, Walk on before the people and take the elders of Israel with you and take the rod in your hand which you struck the Nile with and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. You shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people might drink. Moses did so in sight of the elders of Israel. He called the name of that place Massah and Meribah because the children of Israel quarreled and because they tested Yahweh saying, Is Yahweh among us or not? When I first read this passage, I was actually pretty struck by it because um, I was very convicted because I can remember a few times in my life where I tested Yahweh in the same way that these children of Israel did, saying, is God with me or not? In fact, I'm pretty sure I just did that like three weeks ago. (laughs) It's not a laughing matter. But it says here in verse one that the entire congregation went to this place called Sin, and it was this wilderness of sin. But then after that, it says that they encamped in this place called Repetim. And there was no water there. So you remember that the children of Israel, after the water of the Red Sea parted and they walked through, they are now completely free people, but they are being led by God. So God is with them by a cloud during the day and then by a pillar of fire during the night. So God's presence is always around the people. And they're following this cloud and this uh, pillar of fire. They're constantly following God. They constantly see his presence. So the people should have known that God was there with them, even when they came to this place called Rephidim and had no water to drink, because they're in the middle of a desert, of course, and um, there's going to be, it's hard to find water, so yes, there was no water in this place, and so it says that the people started quarreling with Moses, so this is worse than murmuring, like the WEB says, or like complaining, like they did in the other ones, this time they're actually quarreling with Moses, so they're, they're yelling at him, they're screaming at him, they're extremely upset, and Moses even says here in verse three, or I'm sorry, in verse four, that he's saying to God that the people were getting ready to stone him. That is how angry these people were. They were infuriated because they were so thirsty that they felt that they were going to die. So we don't know how many days they went without water or how many hours, but they were running out of water. And it says that they were actively thirsting for water. So this means that they were out of water. They had none. They were super thirsty. And I have never gone through an extreme amount of thirst like that. Thank God. Because, um, I mean, where I live, I'm surrounded with water. (laughs) There's no issues with water where I live. But, I mean, I can imagine that if you're going a day even, without having any water, oh my goodness, you would be you would be at your wit's end, I think, because you would be terrified, especially if there is no water coming your way and you don't know of any place where you can get water. That would be a very terrifying thing because you can only go three days without having water and dehydration is a very serious matter. Dehydration is not a walk in the park. But the people in their dehydrated state. And we don't know how long they were dehydrated. Maybe it was only a few hours. Maybe it was a day. We don't know. But we do know that they were starting to thirst for the water because they had kids, they had animals, and they had their families that they had to take care of, not to mention themselves. I mean, nobody wants to thirst to death. So they're quarreling with Moses and they say to Moses, you better give us water to drink. So then Moses says to them, he's like, why are you arguing with me? Why are you testing Yahweh? So I kinda had to look up what that meant. I've definitely heard in the Bible several times where it says don't test Yahweh or don't tempt Yahweh or don't uh, tempt God. In fact, Jesus says it to Satan when Jesus went out into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and Satan was tempting him, he says to Satan that he should not be tempting God. So this is in the Bible. And this is kind of where it comes from, is the story here out of Exodus chapter 17. So tempting God. I had to look this up because I was like, how can you tempt God? Because usually when we think of a temptation, we think of somebody trying to get us to do something wrong. And yes, that is the correct usage of temptation. But it can also mean to test or to try to find proof of, even though there's already proof there, basically. So when the people were testing God, God became angry with them because his presence was right there. They go through a, a little bump in the road of not having any water, and they immediately forget that God's presence was there with them in that cloud. And then the last time when they didn't have drinkable water, God threw that tree into the water, or I'm sorry, God had Moses throw that tree in the water, and the water Became pure and good to drink. So they've already seen that miracle, not to mention God turning the water into blood in Egypt, and not to mention God splitting the sea and letting them pass through the Red Sea. I mean, they've seen several miracles now with God and water, (laughs) different miracles. So if you look down at verse seven, they are saying, Is God here with us or not? So they were testing God in the sense where they were not believing in his power and who he really was. So when Jesus was in the desert for 40 days and he was fasting and Satan came to tempt him, Satan says to Jesus, if you really are the son of God, do this, this, and this. And Jesus says to him, why would you test me? Because he was the son of God and Satan knew that he was the son of God. So, but not only was Satan trying to tempt Jesus into doing something wrong, but he was also tempting Jesus in the sense where he was saying, are you really the son of God? And that's exactly what these people here in Israel are doing to God now. Is God here with us or not? Is this God? Is, is Can he do this for us or not? So they were wrong. And so it says here that God says to Moses, he says, um, Go before the people, basically, and stand on that rock in Horeb. And it says, strike the rock with the same staff that you used to strike the Nile River with back when it was turned into blood. And he says, when you strike the rock, the water will come out of it and all the people will be able to drink. So basically, God was creating a waterfall of clean, healthy water so that the people could drink their fill. So when Moses strikes the rock, it implies that this happened And so after this, Moses calls the name of that place Meribah or Massa, and God remembers the name of that place. In fact, I'm pretty sure God, I can't remember what book it is, I think it's Deuteronomy, God mentions Massa. In a verse that says, don't test God like you did in Massa. So he's remembering the name of that place, God is, to tell his people later on, do not test me, because it was wrong. It was a sin for these people to do this. It was absolutely a sin, because they were choosing to forget God's goodness and God's presence there with them. And not only that, they were also wondering and complaining that God had brought them out of Egypt to basically kill them in the desert once again. This is the third time they have used this excuse. The third time. They used it firstly, I'm sorry, actually, I think it's the fourth time. They used it firstly when uh, Pharaoh came to challenge them before uh, the splitting of the Red Sea. They used it again, when they had no water the first time, when the waters were undrinkable. They used it uh, in the last chapter when they had no bread and God supplied manna for them. And now they're using it again. So they're beating a dead horse, pretty much. They're just reusing the same exact complaint over and over, saying that God should just left them back in Egypt because it was better back there. Can you imagine doing something nice for somebody and them just being super unthankful and saying, you know, because it's not exactly the way I want it, you should have just not done, you know, you should have just left me alone or not done that nice thing for me. I mean, you would be so irritated. And I know people <laughs> I have, I can relate slightly, because there are some people in my life where that has happened with where you do something nice for somebody. And because it's not exactly the way they wanted it to be, they get angry instead. And and you're just like, I went out of my way to do something nice for you. So can you imagine how God felt after doing this miraculous rescue for, for his people, taking them out of that horrid bondage that they were crying and breaking their backs over and their people were getting abused and killed? And the extreme racism, all sorts of different things that God just brought them out of Egypt and now they're free people. But now the second anything goes wrong or it's not exactly the way they expect things to be or exactly the way they want things to be, they say to God, how dare you basically bring us out of Egypt so that you can just kill us all here. So I can just imagine how irritated God must have been during this point. But he's so merciful because he gives them water and he doesn't even punish them for this. I mean, this is how merciful God is. He's merciful. (laughs) I mean, if somebody did that to me once, I would never do a nice thing for them ever again. But now this is the fourth time this is happening. And God is continually showing his presence to his people over and over and over again. And this is why I get slightly irritated when people are like, oh, the God of the Old Testament is mean and he strikes people down all the time. I mean, just look at this passage of Scripture right here. He didn't strike anybody down. The only thing he struck was a rock so that people could have water. (laughs) I mean, he is merciful and he's loving towards his people. So basically, Moses does this. The rock produces the water. The people drink. He calls the name of the place Massa because the children of Israel quarrelled and because they tested Yahweh saying is Yahweh among us or not. So I think a good thing that we can take away from this passage of scripture is to not test God. Like I said, <clears throat> 3 weeks ago, I was going through something kind of stressful and I was praying to God and I'm like God, are you really here with me? Why why am I going through this? Are you really here with me? And now <clears throat> several days later, looking at this passage of scripture, I realized that I was testing God because, of course, God is with me. God is always with me. It says that he will never leave us or forsake us. But sometimes we go through bumps in the road like the children of Israel did right here. Sometimes we go through that stuff. God does not prevent us from going through things that are going to grow us and to challenge us and to make us have more endurance, as Paul says, because Paul mentions that going through trials gives us endurance. And endurance is a fantastic thing. It's so, so good. And when you have more endurance, you are a happier person. You are more joyful. So God does make us go through trials from time to time, even though he is there with us. He does make us go through certain things to grow us. So we need to look at this chapter right here, Exodus 17, and realize that when we say to God, God, are you really here with us? We're sinning. We're doing something wrong by saying that because we are doubting God's presence. We're testing God. We're testing him. So it's wrong to do that. And we have to remember that, yes, God is here with us. He promises that he's here with us and he will never forsake us. But there is a reason why I am going through something like this, why we are going through something like this is there's a, there's a reason for it. So we have to remember that. And instead of saying to God, God, are you not here with me? We should be saying, God, we know you are here with us, but we don't understand why we are going through what we are going through. Please help us. Please give us endurance. Please, you know, do this or that. So it needs to come from a faith that we know God is with us and that we know that God will take care of us no matter what we are going through. So friends and faithful listeners, this was Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 7. Join me on Wednesday and we will finish out this chapter. This is actually kind of a little chapter. There's only 16 verses in it. So we'll finish it out on Wednesday. But friends and faithful listeners, if you loved this episode, please share it on your social media platforms. And also uh, subscribe to the podcast and rate and review it. Ratings and reviews are so important for podcasts and for products and services. They are kind of like the life of a service or a product or a podcast. So if you review the podcast, that helps more people find it. And it also is more likely to, if somebody sees a review on a podcast, they are also more likely to listen to it as well. So reviews are super important. So please rate and review the podcast and uh, that will help more people find it and more people to listen to it. But friends and faith listeners, have a fantastic rest of your Monday. Happy listening and God bless.